0: Your pop was a great cook. His recipes are perfect. Yes, he was. Mike sighed wistfully. And you make them really well, but I meant the diner itself. You can't let all those hours you spent watching HGTV go to waste. I don't... Six years, Tanner. We've been friends for six years. Which meant he knew me better than anyone. I'd met Mike in high school when I was a scrawny junior trying to get away from a couple of seniors who loved to tease and torment me and Mike was a giant freshman who had no trouble stepping in front of them and putting a stop to the problem. I had been equal parts grateful and surprised. Grateful because nobody had ever stood up for me before then. Surprised because Mike nonchalantly told me he had two dads and anyone who had a problem with gay people would have a problem from him. I knew I was gay before I reached my teens, and the school bullies probably picked on me because they suspected it but nobody had ever said it out loud until that moment. And I'd reacted to Mike's casual proclamation with the same knee-jerk, shame-fueled fear as I did to his observation that I enjoyed decorating shows. Fine, I like remodeling shows, so what? I said defensively. Admitting I watched television shows marketed toward women played into a stereotype I wasn't quite willing to embrace and yet couldn't escape. My mannerisms were too effeminate, my voice too soft and my body too underdeveloped. Jesse had always said men came in all shapes and sizes, and there was nothing wrong with how I looked. But that was hard to believe when I was attracted to guys with larger, hairier bodies, deeper voices, and more rugged features. For that matter, so was Jesse, if his partner was any indication. I had nearly swallowed my tongue the first time I'd seen six-foot, five-inch, 225-pound former college football player Steve Fouse. And six years later, my reaction to the older man was only slightly less humiliating. Thankfully, Steve either didn't notice my obsession with him, or he was too polite to mention it. "'So nothing,' Mike said. "'Watch whatever TV shows you like, man. I'm just pointing out that the diner walls probably haven't been painted in thirty years, and the booths are just as old. Don't pretend you're fine with the duct tape holding the tears and the vinyl together.' You keep that tiny guest house you rent for the sheriff shiny enough to do surgery on the floor, so I know you're itching to update the diner, and I say go for it. I squirmed again, this time because he was right. I wanted to fix those problems and more. I might freshen a few things up. We'll see how the money pans out at the end of the year. And if I had the nerve to push aside Jesse's memory and truly take his place. Anyway, I doubt you called me to talk decorating tips. What's up? My dick, Mike said, and then immediately snorted and giggled. That joke wasn't funny when you were fourteen, and it's gotten progressively less funny over the years, I said dryly. I think it's hilarious. That makes one of us. Whatever, dude, you're too uptight. You need to get laid. I can't believe girls are actually willing to go out with you when you talk like that. I'm hot. He lowered his voice and suggestively said, Besides, I do other things with my mouth they really enjoy. Like Naomi, this girl I'm seeing now, she goes wild when I— Don't tell me about your sex life, Mikey. I don't want to know. It was the truth. Mike was the closest thing I had to a brother, so I'd never had so much as an ounce of attraction to him. Or maybe that was because I'd used up all my attraction tickets on my unhealthy obsession with his dad. Hey, man, I'm doing you a favor. Hearing about my action is as close as you are to getting any. For all you know, I'm getting plenty of action, but I'm too much of a gentleman to talk about it. Lies. My sex life was embarrassingly non-existent, and my personal life was just as lonely. Mike scoffed disbelievingly. I didn't bother to push the point, because, frankly, there was no way he'd buy it. What do you want, Mikey? I need you to do me a favor and check in on my dad. Your dad? I squeaked. Lovely. Now Mike would either think I was going through a second puberty, or notice my inappropriate reaction to the mention of his dad. Hoping he hadn't been paying close enough attention, I cleared my throat and spoke again. What's, um, what's going on with your dad? The vice president of his company called me. She said he isn't himself, and they're making him take time off. Jesse's death had come as a shock to all of us, pancreatic cancer that hadn't been detected until Jesse lay in the hospital unconscious. Two days later, he was dead at the age of fifty-eight. He's mourning the death of his partner. Of course he isn't his old self, I said defensively. And by the way, calling someone's kid to talk about his job...